Hey there, Ruby fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about the world of Remnant, the Great War, as well as Volume 4, Episode 10, Kuro Yuri. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> it's time to take a trip down memory lane because this is a pleasant experience. This reminds me of Christmas time <laughs> at, at, down at the, the village. Oh yeah, did Krampus in the, in the, you? In yeah. the, uh, in the I think somebody on Twitter mentioned uh, something about some when um, Krampus and someone else team up, you know you're in for a bad time. Adrian Martinez, when Bad Horse and Krampus team that up, you know it. you're screwed. <laughs> We're going to talk about that because that thing has a name. We are indeed, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ruby After Show on AfterBuzz TV. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight. Clearly, fun, fun, fun. Before we get started, let me introduce my fantastic panel to my left, Mark Donica. Uh, hello, I'm here and it's Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. I love being here and I love sitting here next to the one and only Katie Collin. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on the social medias at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And of course, we are led by the wonderful Megan Salinas. Oh, shucks, guys. Hey, you guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Sadly, Patrick uh, could not be here tonight. Uh, but He's fighting sure my little death horse. Be sure to follow him at P to the D's. Um, Just that positive. Sorry, Patrick has died. No. <laughs> He's fine. The man, the man is launching a football franchise. He's traveling a lot, so... He was killed by a demonic hell beast. He will be missed. Uh, He's wrangling a Nevermore so he can try and get back here for the next show. Kaka. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, okay, guys, I want to start off talking about the world of Remnant. I, obviously, the meat of our conversation is going to be on the episode itself, but... I really appreciated that we finally got this episode of The World of Remnant in particular because OMG, oh, I forgot to mention, we are going to be following the hashtag RWBYABTV or uh, ABTV Rooster Team. I'm watching you people say hi. <laughs> Sorry about that. We have things to talk about. No time for that. But um, So yeah, send us your thoughts and comments as well. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this World of Remnant because all season long I've been going what's the Great War? What happened there? Well, we've been wondering about the war since volume one. Since they mentioned it it. There was a war. By the way, we had a war, which is why you're all named after colors, and we all kind of went, all right, that's a nice little piece of world building. What did they do? Well, even when they're sitting in classrooms together, you know, they're having lessons on the Great War that people are sleeping through, and it's like, no, 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 guys, guys, wake up. We need to pay attention to this. But also, these kids are... Products of after the war, yeah, so exactly. it's not as it's not as as much of stuff that you know their parents lived through and and, and understand the terrors that they all went through. So somewhat echoing similar things that are happening today in in our world. Um, I th- as as interesting as I found everything, we we got little tidbits here and there throughout the entire season. But the most interesting thing that I thought came out of this was the fact that Vale was the was the town that yeah. came out on top, and the King of Vale was like. Everybody bowed to him, and there, and he's like, no, 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 no. Together, we're all gonna, we're all gonna roll together. And then yeah. the king of Vale, that we had a warrior king yeah. who showed up and wrecked everybody, and then presumably wrecked the Grim that showed up as a result. Yeah, he wrecked everyone, wrecked the Grim. Everybody bowed down to him, and then he said, "Okay, yeah, I'm done being king." 
Yeah, we're we're gonna turn this into we're gonna completely restructure the way the world is run. And I'm he he abdicated his throne. I what kind of can... leader does that? Like that's amazing. Also, wizard. Absolutely. I, I, I think we can assume that he was Ozpin's <laughs> predecessor because the whole he founded the schools and we know that the schools were founded to protect the that relics. Ozpin that, was like, like, because I helped build that school. Mm. You know, things like that. But yeah, yeah, anytime you see anything like that, a wizard did it. Yeah, no um, kidding. But yeah, and Ugh. in, I mean, he's portrayed with the color green. He has, a, he has a, you know, basically the staff that Ozpin had. So I feel like they're, they're, Without coming out and just saying it, they are saying that this guy is the wizard, or at least one yeah. incarnation and of the wizard. And that either it was Ozpin, or that it was his predecessor. Which makes you wonder, how did the king go down, and when did Ozpin get the voice in his head? Because, I mean, it was... He might have just died of a wasn't wage. that... Yeah. It was 80 years ago? Yes. Right? So yes. that that seems like enough time for the king to live out the rest of his life, and, and then Oz, to come, to Ozpin, Oz yeah. to come into being. But um, Ozpin could not have gotten it while he was young. No. Is what yeah, I'm getting Oscar's at. Oscar's young. getting this super yet, but... Well, I mean, 12, 13, like, early teens... It's but he's young, yeah. I, mean, I feel like Ozpin would have gotten it as an adult. We also have no idea how old Ozpin actually is. And That's th- true. And I and I wonder if or the less. the use of or if his semblance still theorized being related to time has anything to do with either slowing the aging process or if that's something that now that we know that uh, auras can be transferred from mm-hmm. person magical to person, magical yeah. person to magical person or if that comes as an inheritance from being the, 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 the wizard. wizard. Yeah, it's it, my assumption would be that it's an inheritance thing because um any other tr- with the exception of the transfer of power from maiden to maiden, any other transfer is something that has to be done by force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and it's a very unnatural thing. So um that's just my take on it. But um yeah, that last sentence was very Star Warsy. By yeah. force unnatural. <laughs> going around that the warrior king is related to Jean in some capacity. I like this theory as well, um, because if this guy, he did abdicate his throne, um, brought peace and, you know, brought peace to the land at a great cost, but he did bring about peace, and Jean's sword is a family relic. It's a family heirloom, and he comes from a family of heroes. So it, but at the same time, he himself is not famous. He is, he's just a normal person. So it makes sense that he would be the descendant of somebody who gave up their power at one point, who wouldn't be seen as a king, but as a hero. Well, I, I don't know, because the other thing is, Someone pointed this out in chat, and I think it scrolled up too far back for me to see it. But nothing is colored differently in a world of remnant without reason. And the king's crown, sword, and scepter were all a different color than the king and the surrounding area. And that obviously no, his scepter was green. No, it was gray. No, it was green. Mm. It was green. Go I back. I can leave if you want. <laughs> chat, check the screen caps. Just chat, check, check the screen caps. Let Keep us know us what color what the scepter you, Mark? was. Do you feel like there's any possibility of a familial relationship? I do, but I, then I think we're getting more. We're getting less into Joan of Arc and more into Arthurian legend. Yeah, like that's straight fair. up, just his, here's this kid that didn't really amount to anything, but this sword is what 
follows him and makes his his future, his past, all one big crazy dance. We but also yeah. get into the Star Warsian rule of literally everyone is related. Yeah, that's true. Which that starts we don't being necessarily a have to have that be a thing. But it, it makes the world smaller. Are you telling that. me that John is Ray's dad? Anyway. <laughs> That checks out. Obviously. That checks out. Um, Although the other thing I I really liked about this world of Remnant is... It was green, by the way. Malachroma standing by life, it was green. His crown was golden, but his scepter was green. Yep. Thank you, Malachroma. Much appreciated. Um, Again, neither here nor there. But um, one thing I really liked about this was we had a lot of questions when we saw how, how each side, you know, where everybody fell on each side of the war because Mistral and Mantle didn't seem like they would go hand in hand when it came to the whole ban on creativity thing. Um, but it also makes sense that Mistral would be like, well, we'll only sort of follow that rule. We'll, the we'll- peons can't have art, but the upper echelons who can appreciate it without being well, overwrought by their simple emotions. Some people are dumb. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you going to cut Shakespeare funding for the arts? <laughs> but, um, but the... The as many ans- you know questions that got answered in this world of remnant, uh, there's still one big mystery, and that's what was the incident that initially led Mantle to go. Yeah, we got to keep the emotions of our people in check. What sort of thing could have happened that they would say, "Yeah, we got to put a ban on all forms of expression in order to keep the grim crisis at bay?" And we have conflicting theories on this. Did we? We did. Yeah. Oh, so am I so am I breaking the tie? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying we have two different takes on it because I don't remember what my take was. <laughs> your, your, take take, your take was that it was a political piece of art. Maybe? Yeah. And oh, my, I do yeah. remember saying yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it it might have been a political piece of art and expression that people in Mantle were like or that like inflamed the populace. Um, caused a riot or something like that, uh, caused a protest, and the powers that be are like, yeah, no, we gotta put that in check. And my take on it, especially after watching Voltron fandom and Sherlock season four and just about everything that's been, you know, the craze of the Harry Potter books, was that it was... (laughs) No, I just watched the fandom eat itself. Anyway. Was that it was a very popular piece of art where something happened to a very popular character. Like, character death wrecks people. And this has been going on since Sherlock the end of Volume 3. <laughs> since Sherlock Holmes was being written itself. When Arthur when Arthur Conan Doyle was writing Sherlock Holmes, people would write to him losing their minds over stuff that had happened. That's why we had more books after the Reichenbach Falls because people were going crazy. He can't be dead. That can't be it. I mean, this has been a thing that's been going on since the Greeks were doing oral history. But that also brings it back to a literary reference and keeps it... All, it makes it a meta-literary reference to being in the actual area of where it was written. I think, regardless of the source, I think we're not going to find out in a world of Remnant. I think we're going to find out when we reach one of these towns oh, yeah. that hasn't readopted the new norms. Ooh. And everybody has normal names, like Dan and Janine. <laughs> um, and, and, we, and we learned that it was just some dictator of that Huntsman one town. Larry. <laughs> that, that kept the history 
and and the outside from it, and it'll. I mean, essentially, the show is turning into Avatar: The Last Airbender, where we're gonna oh, go into these different villages, these different homes, these different towns, different, these bossing says, yeah. if you will, and uh, we're gonna see different isolation of the people and of the arts. Even more so now because communications in between the kingdoms has basically been cut off. Sure, that, that was more of a reason to revert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, any any theories on what the incident might have been then, Mark? Uh, no. No, 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 idea. no. Unfortunately, um, I just started a new job last week, so now I have two, and I've had much <laughs> less of time to actually think about. I mean, last show I was like, "Oh yeah, two two brothers that created the Grim, the Brothers Grim. That makes sense." And you both were like, "What? The, how did you not see?" Because I have, I have no, I barely have any time to think. So I'm working on it. I'm trying to get something ready for for the finale so that I can actually present a valid thought, but if, if I think about it while we're talking, I'll bring it up. Yeah, if you get For those of you in chat talking about the Grimm in the episode, like I said, it has a name, we'll get to it. You'll get your primer on what it's based on. Alright, should we should we move on to let's, that? Let's finish that... up the world of Remnant. I just want to let people know, because that's the dominant conversation right now. Uh, that's basically all I have to say about it, was just, I'll, I will say though, I also liked that it, the vacuo leader seemed to be a female faunus. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Just from the silhouette. Yeah, and I also love that Vale was pretty much holding its own and vacuo threw in when they were like mm, just in case well and but that veil was pretty much holding off two kingdoms the the only other thing i want to point out is that remnant seems to be the absolute worst world to live in in terms of like living in a world of war because not only do you have these four different kingdoms trying to kill each other, uh, but then you have the Grim on top of all of that, attacking towns and being attracted to battles because of all of the negative emotion that gets stirred up because of war. Just so they fight each other. The Grim would show up and they'd be like, okay, okay, time out. Turn around and kill the Grim. And then they'd be like, okay, time in. And then go back to killing each other. Like, people are smart, y'all. And then it would bring more crib. Yes! Well, well, even even less than that, it's even just people worrying about their families off at yeah. war, and that that can generate even the smallest attack, which then generates the more A of the fear, and then and, big, and then it just keeps amplifying and amplifying. And yeah, amplifying. it's like an avalanche. Uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so the snowball then you know, starts off small, and then it can yeah gets to be a big boulder by the time it gets... Big cartoon boulder by the time it gets to the bottom of the hill. Can't stop the rock. Nope. 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 <laughs> Speaking of big cartoon boulders of negative emotion, let's talk about My Little Satan Horse. Uh, do you want to start at the end? Should we do that? Dude, we, we got a <laughs> big... We? Dude, we got a lot with Oscar this episode. We did. Well, yeah, because uh, we, we got... Um, I, I just want to say that, like, I feel really bad for this poor kid. Because all of a sudden, like, he's living a normal life. He's bored, but he's living a normal life. He wants much more than this provincial he, life, and then suddenly it. he has it. He beat me to it. And then, yeah, lo and behold, destiny comes a-calling, and now he has to leave everything behind and listen to the voice in his head, who will occasionally just shrug his shoulders and go, Yeah, money. Good luck with that, kid. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Ozpin. Yep. But just the bit about... It sounds crazy, but it feels right. Like, hmm, child. Yeah, I mean, hmm. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I like how, how he was also, uh, like, give, like give, essentially, give me your bank account number so that I can use some of your funds. <laughs> like, girl, dude, I, it didn't come with, I can't give you my card from this next ethereal plane. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, but the fact that we immediately got Hazel back. Yeah. yeah, super he spooky. He dented the top of that machine. He's a big man. 
Um, I, I'm I'm wondering Almighty. I a little bit too well. I have I have a prediction about where Oscar's going to end up by the end of the season. Now, but two here's a question. Now. Yeah. Here's a question though. Do we think Hazel knows who this kid is uh, in terms of you know his connection to Ozpin? Yes. For no. sure. I do. No. <laughs> We're I, divided I, again. I don't know that unless they know about the succession of the wizard into someone else and knows how it works and are able to track it down. Like he there's wouldn't a have lot any of, reason to suspect, I suppose. Salem would have primed him on it and said, "You are looking for this person." Like she would be the only person that I would think would know who it's going to, why, etc. Not even the people that Ospin was with seem to know that this is a thing because. He's gone, and we're functioning like he's gone, and like he will never come back. But what was interesting was that Ozpin knew who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's something that, like, I, I got under the, you know, because Ozpin didn't, you know, wasn't aware of Emerald and um, Cinder and Mercury's presence when they were infiltrating his school, I just, I made the assumption that he wouldn't know all of Salem's little henchmen, but he definitely knows Hazel somehow. I feel like Cinder is the newest adoptee in Salem's. Probably. Oh, naturally. Little group yeah, absolutely. Uh, Emerald people. and Mercury wouldn't be looking so shell shocked at literally everything. Why if they aren't weren't. you treating her with more respect? Because she hasn't she hasn't earned it. They haven't <laughs> jumped her into the group yet. Essentially, um, but she what, is the rookie, and she got messed up on her first big assignment. Like that is not a respect thing. No, not at all. No. Um, and but with Hazel. For, and and Oscar in that in that regard, we don't know where Oscar is. We don't know what kingdom he's in. We no. don't know exactly where he is. How did Hazel? Why is Hazel exactly where he needs to be? Yeah, like, exactly. He, was he searching for the Spring Maiden? Right? Uh, no, Malakoma and Chad. Thank you for this. Yeah, Hazel was sent to go talk to Sienna Khan to convince them to hook the White Fang cart to Salem's horse. Okay, so so I like that metaphor. By the way, I like that. W- so why is he here? And why is he getting Maybe. on a train when he, we know that you need to get on a boat? Maybe you get on a train to go to the harbor. So, but then aren't presumably they're on the weird dragon continent, right? Like, because that's where all yeah. the darkness is. Yeah. Um, so you have to get on a boat to get to wherever Oscar's at, and then take a train from there to. Yeah, I have no idea. It's probably convenient. easy easier to boat from dragon continent to other continent, and then take a train, and then take well, another. Well, unless boat to they're the not going to the main main branch of where the White Fang is at, all the way down in Menagerie. Maybe they're at wherever the frick Adam's at. You know, so maybe he's. But just... he was sent to talk to Sienna Khan. No idea. Then that's menagerie. That's a, it I don't seems. Know. My, my point being, it seems too convenient that these two have met each other so soon. Well, we also don't know where Oscar is physically. We know that, he was yeah, on a I mean. farm and then he left, and he's going somewhere. We don't it, have a continent. It seems name. like a very contrived. No, I don't. I don't even want to say contrived, but it seems like a pretty big coincidence. Mm-hmm. Without knowing exactly where they're located at this exact moment. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I think it would have been less of a coincidence if we knew exactly where Oscar was. Mm-hmm. We know, isn't he? Isn't he heading to Mistral? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's heading. Uh, by, uh, by he's Ozpin's, heading to Haven. Yeah, he's heading to Haven. By yeah. by by Ozpin's suggestion. That's my, that's my guess. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, maybe Hazel is just. I mean, he's he's taking the scenic route, you know, he just wants to see the countryside a little bit, and maybe he's just the type of guy that helps people wherever he goes. Well, seriously. He's like, I know when I'm needed. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but the dragon continents in the upper right corner. Upper left. 
upper thank you. I can't with directions. No problem. Huge continent in the middle. Menagerie bottom right. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to sail all the way around. It makes sense to sail to one, cut through with a train, and then sail out the other way. I would make the argument you travel. You don't necessarily travel the most expedient route. You travel the route with less grim. Uh, but still. But oh. here's the thing. is He's on the side of the grim. Yeah, that bro, that bro don't need to. <laughs> that is not, that is not going protection. to stop them from being attacked by grim. Mm-hmm. Well, so long story short, make sure to pick up Ticket to Ride, uh, the train-faring <laughs> board game at your local Target or board game retailer. I would play Ticket to Ride Ruby Edition. Oh, my God. Dude, it'd probably. Could you imagine? So many boats. Settlers, so many boats. Settlers of Catan Ruby Edition. Settlers of Remnant. Ooh, I like that. Just because Catan like is pronounced Rem- Remnant. 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 Um, and before we get into, like, the... I want it. <laughs> before we get into <laughs> the other big thing in this episode, I do also want to touch on Ruby and Jean a little bit. Let's do um, it. It's, it's, not, it's not a huge part of this episode, but um, there's a lot of really good, just nice character bits in the, the brief exchanges that we get. Um, because Ruby starts to feel guilty because they're clearly, you know, grim and the town that they're going through doesn't have the materials that they're looking for to help Crow. And so she feels really bad that she separated Jean, Nora, and Ren, you know, that they, and they're potentially in danger now. And I just loved what Jean had to say. He's like, we lost... Pira, but you lost her too, and Penny, and your school, and your in team, a way, and yeah, your, your team, your sister, and yet you still felt the need to go and do something to try to make a difference. Yeah, you didn't drag us along. You just we kind of hitched our wagons to you. Let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. And really quickly, um, before we get too far away from it, Malachroma confirms uh, Ospin said to Oscar, "I know you don't want to live the rest of your life working as a farmhand in minstrel." Okay. Or in Mistral, excuse me. Um, so yeah, so Oscar's from Mistral. Okay, so he is in Mistral. Yeah. So okay. hopefully he doesn't have to go that far uh, to get to Haven. Mm. So I have never been good at geography, and fictional geography is just worse. <laughs> We're American. Geography is hard. <laughs> this is me, though, personally. I'm bad at math, geography, and obviously telling my left from right. So... <laughs> The, the left makes Dra- an L. No, no, L. I know. Left- I use that trick because I need it. The left hand is a dragon. The right hand is a turkey. That's how you remember where it is on the dragon map. Turkey. Dragon turkey. Dragon turkey. Dragon turkey. Because it looks it's a dragon right there. Because there's its head and and its wing. Its its wings coming up. And then with here, there's the turkey's head. My turkeys always face this way because I traced them with my right hand. Ah, I see. (laughs) That's where the confusion comes from. from. That's okay. That makes so much sense. The turkeys are backwards. (laughs) Your turkeys. turkeys. Your turkeys. (laughs) Turkey fist. Backwards turkeys is the name of my Counting Crows cover band. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag turkey fist. All right. Um, And we brought it back around. So before... <laughs> Before we go any further, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes, folks. Thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys. We love the fact that we have an international audience. It's amazing. And you guys going to iTunes, rating and leaving a comment helps keep the lights on. It helps keep us at this nice desk. It helps us work with uh, PR people to bring in guests like we've had earlier this season and in pre- previous seasons. So, guys, we really... And it just... it. Personally, for me, it just is the highlight of my day to hear from you. So uh, you will also get a shout-out on the show when you leave a comment, and I believe we have some new comments this week. You need to give me more warning than that, because they don't like loading them. 
Yes, we have, I think, a new one. What day was our last one? Uh, two weeks ago. On, <laughs> yeah, thanks for the calendar dates. The Whatever. 12th. The 12th. Okay, two we two. have two new ones. So we have Love It from Tales Marvel Tailgate. Great reviews with a great lineup of reviewers. Also made you laugh at a Catholic joke, Megan. <laughs> and we have Top Notch by Please Do Nothing to the Cook. <laughs> I've only been a part of the Ruby fandom for about a month, but after I joined, I immediately began my search for a Ruby-themed podcast for my long drives to and from work. I honestly had no idea what to expect out of this podcast, but I'm extremely grateful that I gave it a try. The hosts do a good job of covering a lot of theories and predictions that would otherwise have never have occurred to me. I don't participate in live chat, but I appreciate everyone who does, because it makes the show that much better. Shout out to Malachroma, who always seems to be on top of things. (laughs) Thank Thank you all for doing what you do, and keep up the good work. How awesome is it that a community shouts out itself? Yes! (laughs) Like, that proves the strength of the community, and we love everybody in chat. Everybody who left a comment on last week's episode, we have over 50 comments just between standalone comments and people talking within themselves. It is funny to see, like, um, somebody postulate a theory and then see the discussion go from there Mm -hmm. within the YouTube comments. (laughs) You see someone postulates a theory, and then, like, 30 comments are collapsed, and the one at the bottom has nothing to do with anything. You're like, how the hell did this happen? First, first, and then at the bottom, okay, so we've decided that socialism is evil, but what about, like, and you sit there and go, what the hell happened? Like, I love that. I love when people do that in the comments. You start at point A, and then you see point Q at the bottom, like, (laughs) all right. That escalated quickly. I wonder how, why it's taking so long to get a please do nothing to the cook apron in the rooster teeth store, because we have the bloody pumpkin peat. Do you know how long it took them to get a, a... a mug? A beacon mug? <laughs> I mean... Four seasons! Well, I, yeah, but I, I, I worked in merchandise creation, and all you need to do is find the right thing, so it depends on where the priorities are. Of course, they're dealing with lines coming out of Hot Topic and, and any other... And, and stuff internationally with Japan, so they're dealing with a lot. That seems like a pretty easy Four one to try to get Four seasons to get a beacon mug. <laughs> wow. Licensing I mean, guys is really tough. It's it not. Is. It's not that difficult to come up with. Uh, I say it's not that difficult. It's theoretically really simple to come up with a design and a T-shirt or whatever. Licensing, on the other hand, when you get copyright and lawyers involved, words on an apron. House licensing yeah. for your own product. Words though. on an apron. Anyway, uh, well, and there's also like distribution deals mm. that yeah, yeah that where you've got contracts involved. Anyway, neither that, here nor there. That's the biggest announcement that's going to come out of uh, RTX this year. Sydney, it's going to come out of RTX Sydney next week. Is we're going to get finally a please do nothing to the cook apron. <laughs> <laughs> After best TV exclusive. Yes. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's go ahead and get to the meat of this episode, which is the flashback where we get presented with uh, the origin of. Nora and Ren's so friendship. This is, this is Ren's, yeah, the origin of their friendship, but we still don't know where Nora came from or what happened to her. No, nope. every time we get questions answered, we're only left with more questions. She fell from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> this mortal form grows weak. I require sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dad disowned her and it was a literal fall from grace. Just mm. like, see a small child. <laughs> I mean, if it's anything to do with the with the Thor legend, got kicked out of the Remnants version of Asgard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> And then got hit by a car, went and tried coffee for the first time. Threw the cup on the ground. <laughs> Her brother. <gasps> Guys, what if she has a brother, Loki? <gasps> that would oh, make God. me so happy. <laughs> Has nobody thought about that before? We do no. have 
another bit of Norse mythology showing up in this episode, and We're it not is. There yet. I don't care. All right. Do you just want to talk about it? We're then? just going to talk about it. They've been talk talking about, about it for an entire freaking hour. We talk are going to hit this in the stupid face. Both of them. It has two faces. So uh, the the legendary Norse uh, mythology story of Satan Pony, which has an actual name, but it's one ca- I can't pronounce. It's Katie. called a Nuklavi. It is. I have, oh my God! Evidently. <laughs> It is. I'm trying to give a history lesson. I know. I want to I'm hear the to sing song. A song. <laughs> I want to hear the song. Personally. It is a monster that is in the sea and also on land. The Nuklavi has. I'm reading from the Wikipedia page, which has some horrifying art, which is wonderful. The Nuklavi has a man's torso, torso attached to a horse's back as if it were a rider. The male torso has no legs, but its arms can reach the ground from its position on top of the equine body, the legs of which have fin like appendages. The monster. The monster has two heads. The equine head has an enormous gaping mouth that exudes a smelly toxic vapor and a single giant eye that burns like burning red flame. A particularly gruesome detail is that the Nuklavi has no skin. Uh, And it's supposed to bring, like, plague and all sorts of other awful stuff. (laughs) Death and destruction and plague. According to Malachroma on Twitter, uh, the Nuklavi is actually a beast from Orcadian mythology. Um, The Orkney... Isles are an archipelago in the northern Scottish Isles. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something where um, okay. a part of European, uh, part of European. It's, it's okay. a shared yeah. story I'm reinterpreted seeing, yeah. by by different cultures. It has yeah. its origins in North mythology and is the most horrible of all the demons of Scotland's northern Isles. Yes, so, so six of one, half a dozen of the so other. So yes to both. Um, and I, also, uh, <laughs> I love. That they have incorporated this particular type of grim, this particular question. hell beast. Yeah, um, they, I love when a story, especially a fantasy story, likes this, does something a little different. And I don't know about you guys, but up until this point, I had never heard of a Nuklavi. Uh, I like not in any capacity. Maybe in other bits of folklore and other fantasy novels, this is literally something I have never seen before, mm. and I absolutely adore the fact that they went the extra mile to get something different. I'd heard of it in passing because one of my friends did a Nuklavi fan art in the style of My Little Pony. So there is a My Little Nuklavi fan art by Lynx Griffin floating around out there. <laughs> Find it, laugh, cry, do so whatever. Yes, Satan pony. It's a thing. But I'd forgotten about it. And then we see this, it's like, oh, I went Minotaur because of the hoof prints, but this is so much worse. Mm-hmm. I was legitimately freaked out during this episode. Like, I was not okay. I fangirled a little bit. Something like, that, I, that I've seen in old Nor- Norse art. I, I took a mythology class back in college, like m- some people do. It's what. It's, it always sounds like, I took one semester of this back in college. <laughs> so I'm an expert. But it's, it's one of those things where I've seen the picture of it, and I. It, it, the fact that they didn't show it in its entirety, of course, they're waiting for a big reveal either in the next episode or the, the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably go, oh, it's that thing. Because <laughs> it's it's a I mean it's a horse with fins it's a it's a weird vaporeon but a horse instead of a dog um, but yeah no I'm the, I've always been a fan of the the boss level grim because yeah. we because we've we got some sort of commons Kevin, Ke- Kevin. we've got Kevin um, we had the uh, the water dragon that we had earlier this season we had the geist which looked like a golem with the way would you but also yeah. seemed and the that Goliaths seemed a little were introduced as a sort of boss level grim they've been around for a long time they, they learn think. 
They learn yeah. terrifying. Um, <laughs> so but, how long has Satan Pony been out there? I mean, it made a home for itself. I, I, I like to think mm. that all of those weapons and whatnot aren't from people attacking its cave, but from it going up there, pulling a reaper and just being a, gla- a gas cloud for a minute and letting all the weapons stuck in it fall out and then being like, oh, I like this one. I'll keep it. Hmm. Maybe just likes the, the all of the things that look like flowers. It's like, I just like the flowers. <laughs> Could be. There was also grim splat everywhere in that Ew. cave. There was oil slicks. Yeah. It's grim splat. I don't know grim, what else grim it sick. Grim yeah. Splat. I don't I don't want to think about what whatever that liquid and is. And that arrow that Ren picked up was his dad's. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't just fall down in fetal position right there. Yeah, just like or immediately you, or you saw, emotionally crippled. But or like he started to go down and then you saw like the decolorization and then <laughs> and then it go away really quick. So speaking of it, like we we see that um, this this episode went like full Attack on Titan with this backstory, um, the mom getting taken out by a falling house, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, monster destroying the town, uh, panic, uh, kills your family, yeah, that's that's a bad time. But as um, as Ren is panicking, suddenly something happens, and we can assume that it was his aura activating. Sure. Um, is his semblance invisibility from the Grim? I think, or what, even just a calm. Calm. It's huh. it's being it because uh, if you think about it, and I saw I saw this theory on the webtoonet over the weekend on as the well. Webternet. Yes, on the on the interpower <laughs> computer net. Um, at the beginning of season three, when they're at the the noodle stand, mm-hmm. and Nora's freaking out about what happens if this and this and this, and she starts to lose her color, and then all of a sudden she comes back down from it. Was Ren trying to calm her down? Oh. So that's something that is established from the beginning of their relationship of his way of trying to help her feel better. Yeah, um, evidently, according to Camille in chat, according to the wiki, Ren's semblance is called desaturation. Mm. What does that so, mean, though? No, <laughs> back to the color thing, though, and the art and the emotions drawing in Grimm. It's all connected. So that the desaturation, um, in terms of the color scheme, is supposed to like symbolize his semblance being activated, which is just create. He he just finds his calm, and yeah, becomes kind of invisible to the Grimm mm-hmm. because yeah. they're drawn to negative emotions. I like on the one hand, I'm like that is extremely useful, so valuable. Um, yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, oh man, like I feel like he kind of got gypped because other people get like polarity powers some people get like fire some people get stabbed repeatedly he gets to be a grim ninja he gets to be invisible to them as long as they are not in line of sight Mm -hmm. that is amazing and if he can sneak up on satan pony all the better if he can yeah. sneak up on he, any of them. He'll be their way to get into Salem's uh, yes! lair. Yeah. He'll be able to sneak it's by like, the jellyfish like, monster. All right, everybody, Again, group hug. If it's, if it's a line of sight thing, like, <laughs> if they can physically Shimmy. see you, you're probably still hosed. But they don't have that nice little sense for... But, and people are calling it tranquility in chat, and all I have is embrace tranquility. Aww. Experience tranquility. Yep. <laughs> I had a that. dream that I was a butterfly. <laughs> Death oh, is whimsical today. Um, but I, I had the aha moment because we've seen ways that 
Ruby can combine her super speed with other people. Yeah. What if we could get Ren and Ruby combine their semblances together? Grand to invisibility. And it's lightning fast. Yeah. It's just this huge dart of people that Grim are just like, what was that? <laughs> There's a weird draft in here, guys. Bob, did you hear something? Oh ah. my god, Fred, we've been over this like 15 times. No. <laughs> really lacks security. <laughs> um, well, you know, Bob and shut- Fred are Beowulfs and they're they're not alphas, so they're not super smart. No. no. But yeah, so I mean, what did it would like it? What did, like what was the reaction? Because I I didn't realize that that was going to be the content of the episode was getting their backstory. What was your guys's reaction seeing the now destroyed town back before the the town had been destroyed? Because I was this assuming, ends poorly. <laughs> I was assuming that the town was attacked by bandits, yeah, and that the bandits then brought the grim. That doesn't seem to be the case. It looks. Oh, go ahead. We don't know. We re- That's true. Because stuff just starts to go down. We don't know if there was any sort of an attack beforehand that made stuff go crazy. Well, and my theory is we saw Oniuri earlier, and we saw that same hoofprint there and know that it probably got wrecked by Satan Pony, and we know that Ren's parents were involved with the construction of Oniuri. So what's to say that Satan Pony didn't come across it, murder everything there, and follow the survivors back to Kuroyuri? Yeah, it's it seems. I mean, it doesn't seem to move quickly, but it has a purpose. It's like the monster from It Follows. It doesn't even need to run after you. It'll catch It'll up just eventually. Show up. But was, uh, but it it seems like the the second or the settlement that we see earlier in the season is a result of this one going down. Yeah. And so as a result, they build that one farther away so as to not attract anything, and then that's where we get the bandits followed by Grim Attack. Well, there were, there were two wrecked towns. never completed, is the thing. That's the, that, and Ren's parents were involved in its building, and they couldn't do that if Anayuri was a result of Kuroyuri going down. I thought he, I, I thought he said grandparents, but I, yeah, okay. I'm, I must be remembering that incorrectly. Um, but, uh, yeah, the... Uh, this yeah. is this is a really heavy episode. Um, I'm happy that we got to see how they met, but um, I, I I hope that we get a little bit more in between. Also, I love the entire crewby, but for the love of goodness, who having young Ren as the thumbnail, I think was a was a little unfortunate. And it gave too much away. I think it gave, it gave too much away, for especially because I saw it tweeted out on Sponsor Day. Mm. And, and I am a sponsor, but for for folks that aren't sponsors, getting that, I, I don't know how, how far that reaches for... I, de- I mean, I get the email, so I saw that and I saw that thumbnail, and all that said to me was, oh, backstory episode! And mm. I was immediately interested because you dangle backstory in front of my face and I will just follow you everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I- I'm going to eat those words in RTX. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of ambivalent on it, but like I, I definitely was like, I do feel like that's showing your hand a little too early. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. Um, I loved, I loved seeing the way they met, and I like too that he didn't initially come to her rescue. Actually, when he first sees her getting picked on, um, which but he was just adorable. By the way, Aww. she's trying to buy sake and. 
Um, all that other stuff for his dad. It was, he was just adorable. But I like that he didn't initially try to save her. He was going to run away. And I love what his father had to say of, you know, sometimes the worst thing we can do is do nothing, is to turn a blind eye to this sort of thing. Um, because you can see how that message informs his character for the rest of his life. It explains one of the, like, probably the main reason he is on, he is trying to become a huntsman and is on this journey with Ruby in the first place. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You would think they would have some really big anti-bullying PSAs in Remnant because it literally attracts Grimm. (laughs) Like, you would think that this kind of behavior would be very much frowned upon and... But if the bullies have a good time bullying, maybe that can like counterbalance the negative emotions. But we, we saw that in season one with Cardin and, and John in the forest with the Ursas. Like, it's it's surprising how that kind of. I mean, it it leads to the elitist nature of some of the society that we learn about, especially when it when it comes to Kuroyui and uh, Kur, yeah, Kur, uh, I can't Kuro-Yuri. say it. I can't Kuro-Yuri. say it either. Kuroyui, Kuroyui, yeah. I can't say it either. Brain, I spent an entire like month saying names from your eyes, and I still can't get this stuff right. But um, yeah, I, 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 I the, the uh the elite the elitism comes through. Um, while adorable, her buddy died. So there is people that. are stupid. Yeah, I just th- that's kind of the theme of a lot of this is just people. are Well, stupid. yeah, and if their main priority really was survival, you know, against the Grim, we wouldn't have had a gigantic war in the first place. Because again, if you're ultimately if you're like we need to band together to avoid getting murdered by all these Grim, you wouldn't be fighting amongst yourselves. So that oh, that's well, not a thing that's always in the forefront of people's minds. Clearly, well, if there's no poor people, then there isn't any problem. <laughs> wow. So there's that. Well, it's, it's the hierarchy of needs. You have your protection, and then you go up from there. So you assume that yeah, Grim are a problem, but they're not my problem right now. And we have a huntsman in town, and we'll be fine. And then the war happens, and suddenly Grim are everyone's problem, and your hierarchy of needs goes right back down to the bottom. You're a food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is how the food chain seems to work. Um, yeah, and not to mention that this monster, like, again, because we don't see a ton of it, there are just so many questions about, like, its destructive capabilities. And again, the 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 carnage that we see within its little cave. Yeah, is that, like, just... Grimms that get stuck to it, like while it's destroying towns, or is that people who actively came in and tried to fight it in its own cave? What what happened there? And that's what makes this thing so dang scary because this played out. A lot of this flashback played out like a horror movie, which was and they did the really smart thing where you saw a glimpse of the monster silhouette. You saw that nice little "I'm hiding under the bed" and here's the thing's feet. And you saw its shadow. And the shadow is what gives you a sense of scale. This thing is huge. So big. We've never seen it do anything but walk. And it leaves horrific destruction in its wake. That is terrifying. That is enough knowns and enough unknowns to just be horrifying. It does look like something that would be on the cover of like a heavy metal album from it probably the 80s, has right? Been. It probably <laughs> has. Like the, the source material probably has in many... I mean, there's... I mean, black metal is a nor- product of the Norse region. Yeah. So. 
Satan pony. I'm sure. I'm sure. And if not, then like someone in Remnant needs to get a band together and make that their album cover. Again, pro- the, some of the survivors were like, the only thing we have to sing about is uh, pain. So let's make <laughs> this thing that killed all of our families and friends. Let's make that the uh, the poster child for it. All about artistic expression and. Um, yeah, uh, we actually have uh, Cam Griffin on Twitter uh, wrote, Where was Sun in episode 10? And sent us a little bit of fan art, World of Remnant, treating a stab wound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got continuation. Please continue to do these. For those, I love it. You're for those wonderful. of you who don't understand that joke, please, was it the last episode? It was last episode. Make sure to watch our last episode where we talk about the future of the World of Rem- Remnant segment, uh, depending on what happens to Uncle Crow or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and uh, real Miss Caros on Twitter said something that I we talked about it in the reaction video, which isn't up yet because haha week delay. You have a Norse monster and a Norse themed person. What if it yes. followed Nora? Yes, that is that is exactly what she was pointing out. Um, that's her theory is that you know Nora's town was destroyed probably and then she escaped and that this thing followed her rather than following um Ren's father like um rather than following the survivors of you know that town that they had under construction following it back to their main town that it actually followed her instead swear to god if this means we're losing Nora too i'm going to i'm a RTX is going to be a little bit rough <laughs> i'm going to have to hit somebody uh, probably Miles and Carrie and Gray. <laughs> you know they just love bathing in the tears of their fan base, right? Oh, it's how yeah. they survive. Yeah, it's how they stay alive. I mean, there was a Jean <laughs> cosplayer. Yeah. There was a Jean cosplayer walking around with a jar of Pyrrha's ashes. Obviously, there we were, all deal in different ways. There were, there were lots like three of, of them. There yeah. were Pyrrhas with arrows through their chest. <laughs> there were so many dead Pyrrhas at our And this you didn't see any year. dead pennies because they were just on the ground because they couldn't no, move. But there they were was cut someone in four who pieces. had a penny arm and was offering it to people. Oh. It was really funny. too soon. <laughs> it was too soon at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, some would argue it still is. <laughs> Maybe fair enough. Um, I like I said, I really like that they went with this kind of atypical mythological creature to turn into a grim. I want to know, guys, what is your favorite like mytholo- a- atypical mythological creature? You know, something outside of your just typical ghosts, goblins, and like werewolves that that, like, fiction always goes to. Uh, what's your favorite thing that you wish fiction would do more often? Give me a banshee. Ooh. Give me an actual, honest-to-God Irish banshee. Oh, I, okay. I, bur- I murdered that. I butchered that. But, yeah, give me a friggin' banshee. I like banshees. Owlbear. Owlbear? Owlbear! Yeah. <laughs> just seems so cool. Wise and powerful. Owlbear. Man-bear pig. <laughs> no, God, I didn't say that, because that's the devil. <laughs> Um, for, for me, I, and it's probably too big, um, to, to mainstream, uh, if you think about it, but like, I like the Chupacabra and I like the Jersey Devil. I don't, we don't, you don't get a lot with either of those. Chad has been asking for Cthulhu. I mean, we, we could, that could be endgame for Salem. She might be trying to create Cthulhu Grimm. Who knows? Cthulhu Grimm just rises from the deep. <laughs> Man. down. How can crafty you, and grim. Just... How can you make Cthulhu more badass as a grim? I guess we'll find out, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Fan artists. Yeah, get on that, guys. I mean, I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, and I've seen some really horrifying Heartless, so... Just you figure Grimm kind of go along a similar route? You know, it would be really cool to see... I don't remember the names of 
those particular heartless, but the the giant heartless with the the giant like heart shaped hole in the middle of it that yeah, uh, the... from the first yeah, game. Yeah, I forgot what they were called too. Yeah, I forget what they're called, but I would love to see like a grim version of that thing. That would be great. Let's put a mask on it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I was thinking about, and that's killing me because I know what it's called, and my brain just went, nah. <laughs> what kind of a Kingdom Hearts fan are you? Shame. One who's in the middle of talking Shame. about a completely different canon anyway, right now. we should move into straight predictions. As the, are there any other thoughts on this episode before we get into rapid-fire predictions? Ooh, Camille wants a Wendigo. <gasps> dark side. Thank you, chat. The dark side heartless. That's, that's what it rings on. Woo! Give me Wendigos. Give me Skinwalkers. Gross. Um, I, Do you know what a Skinwalker is? I don't, because I want to talk about the little yes. bit of news yes. that we got this Let's week. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Quick little bit of news. Good job. So, uh, Rooster Teeth announced via Variety and a lot of other things their slate for 2017. I, I saw it on Variety first. So, a lot of different folks have announced it, but their slate for 2017. They have announced that Ruby Chibi is returning in May with Yay. a new season. Happy birthday to me. Very, very <laughs> wonderful. Uh, Red vs. Blue is starting season 15 in April, which is lovely. Yes. Uh, another favorite of ours here Camp Camp is returning in June. Uh, February 18th is going to debut Sex. Swing, a throwback to 80s era cartoons that follows a glam metal band starring the folks from Funhouse, um, as well as uh, Death Battle is going to stay, is going to keep coming from the folks at Screw Attack. Nice. Uh, Death Battle X. Um, yeah. And uh, Volume 5 of Ruby is going to be coming later this year, presumably around the same time frame as uh, Volume 4 started. So, so you can expect to see some after shows returning on this channel. Oh, yeah. yes, you can. Hey. Woo! And that's about that for news. I'm ex- I'm so excited. Um, we've also got Jess uh, Jesse Storm Forty on Twitter sent us uh, a link to a bit of fan art on uh, Deviant Art of the Nuklevi skewering Ren's father. That oh. sounds disturbing. Wow, yep, that's here me. It is. And also, I can't viewer find discretion it on advised. Oh, that is a death. oh, that's that's messed up. Viewer discretion advised. That's quite Go good. Go check it out. That has some good guys. art, but that is messed um, up. We anyway. have requests in chat for a Hydra Grim. Ooh, I like that. I would like Scylla and yeah. Charybdis Grim. That would be great. All right, uh, we are running short on time. Any rapid fire predictions before Your we get after on out of here? Buzz TV predictions. I'm just gonna lie here and cry. I feel like we will gear up for a boss battle with Satan's with Satan Pony, and we will not get there. Like it'll start, and that'll be the end of the season. Oh. Uh, I think. Regard, I think that battle will be the will be the end of the season, whether we see the end of it or not. Um, and th- this is just a, an overarching prediction, a looking down prediction. I think because of how huge the past three three seasons have been and how grand of a scale they've they've gotten. I and and this is not my view personally, but I think that the fandom at large may complain about the end of this about this uh, the, the end of this season a little more than usual because it seems so small scale while we are dealing with a boss grim it's it's something a little bit more personal we're not going to get we usually get storylines wrapped up at the end of a season whereas this one seems to be the first one that's just going to be continuing into further seasons yeah you know, it kind of down. reminds me, uh, I feel like it's going to be like the end of volume one, where, yeah, it's great that like we're in this certain place, and yeah, we put Roman in his place for a little bit, but there's still clearly like tons going on and tons that hasn't been resolved yet. Yeah, we're not going to see yeah. the group back together. Exactly. There's no, there's no way we're going to all get all back Logistically together in two Logistically speaking, that's yeah. not happening. Yeah. I'm expecting that for season six. 
Volume um, six. Oh. <laughs> it's going to take forever to get the band back together. No, it's going to take until May when Ruby Chibi returns. Yeah! That's um, long... my My only prediction is that... Um, this thing is going to be, you know, barreling towards where Jean and Ruby are. Uh, in order to save Crow, I feel like Raven is going to emerge from the wilderness and help them defeat it. Mm. That's, um, that's just a thought. Though. And and my thought on Oscar that I that I mentioned earlier in the show is that no matter the circumstance, he and Hazel are going to be traveling together, whether it's by force, <laughs> whether it's by force, or whether it's Hazel going, "Hey, this kid's pretty cool." Just crazy and random happens, and then the voice in his head's gonna be like, ride. "Dude, you gotta watch this guy." And he's just like, you know, you find out that Hazel's like a, an all right guy. Is just like, I, you know, I see the world a little bit. You differently. remind me of myself when I was a kid, and and Osman's <laughs> like, evil. and Osman's like, meh, 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 no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So and yeah, so I think regardless, they're gonna be traveling together. Whether that's he finds out who he is and they take him, he takes him to Salem right away, mm-hmm. or it's just like. You shouldn't be traveling by yourself, kid. Just come with me. Yeah. Just come with me and don't tell anybody what don't you see. Don't let such a small obstacle stand in your way. Oh, so good. Well, again, if he sees other people as small obstacles. He, <laughs> Probably I, he's a very tall person. He'd punch yeah. through their center mass Kung Pao style. And you just see them, <laughs> like one solid chunk. It's not even physically possible. I cannot wait to see uh, him in an action sequence. It's going to be fantastic. Well, we'll be screaming. I think that just about does it. Uh, for this week, Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? You can find me on the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaxe, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to see Megan and me react to these episodes fresh, they live on that YouTube channel. Um, Arrow is on... Arrow's on Wednesdays, Star Wars Rebels is on Sundays, and Voltron is back! That's going to be 9 o'clock Thursday night, so, you know, come back in an hour and we'll be doing Voltron. Yay! Yay! Um, I mean, that's Mark Bidonica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica. Uh We just wrapped up, if you were a fan of anime, we just wrapped up our Yuri on Ice after show. Uh, our season finale of it was on Monday. It's been an amazing experience. If you watch the show, go back and re-experience it with us. It was a lot of fun. Um, both friends of the Rooster Teeth team, uh, uh, Stacey Shuttleworth, Alexis Torres, and Emma Fife were also on it. Uh, and Xander Genere as well joined us for a couple of episodes. It was a lot of fun. Um, also follow us at Rooster Team. Uh, we're ABTV Rooster Team, excuse me. Uh, um, I mean, I'm already thinking about RTX, and it's months away, so with Sydney coming up, we're going to be seeing a lot of news. Make sure to keep up with us there on that Twitter account. Yes. And I'm Megan. You guys can find me, uh, you know, hearing the sound of the Necklavies scream in my nightmares, but you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Thank you guys so, so much to everybody in the live chat and the hashtag. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Dust you later. Dust you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.